Welcome back, everyone, to an episode of Club Talk. My name is Tyler Zust. As always, I'm the host for this great podcast. And I just want to wish you and your families a safe, clean bill of health during these difficult times due to the coronavirus. So this is actually a father and son edition of the podcast. Not mine, but Gary and Kevin Behan. Um, I've known them for a few years now. They're some of the best people I've met in the club industry so far. And I'm really excited for you guys to listen to what we recorded. So um, without further ado, I'd like to introduce you to the great Gary and Kevin Behan. All right, well, welcome, gentlemen. Thank you so much for coming on. I really appreciate it. Uh, I was just wondering if you could introduce yourselves and like what uh, like what position you have in the club industry now. Yep, my name's Gary Beham. Um, I'm general manager of Summit Hills Country Club. Been in the club business for 25 years. I really enjoy it. My son Kevin is going into the business, and I'll let him introduce himself. Yep. So, like my father said, my name's Kevin Behan. I recently took a job at West Bend Country Club over in Wisconsin. I will be the assistant clubhouse manager, and I'll be starting once the coronavirus pandemic. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> and uh, Gary, I want to—I want to—I uh, never got a chance to formally thank you. I know you—I know Kevin facilitated it, but I want to thank you for getting the, the ticket for me in uh, Dallas. I appreciate that. <laughs> So before I get to the next my, my next uh, podcast question, I was wondering if you guys like um, what you've been doing like in quarantine. If you found anything fun to like pass the time, because myself, I'm struggling to find stuff to do all day. Really, well, I've personally been walking my dog a lot just around our neighborhood because it's so interconnected with other ones. I just kind of explore our neighborhood and the houses around it. Just pass the time; it gives me an hour. Just enjoy the outside and all that. So nice. And I've been going to work. We're still working. <laughs> I was I was gonna ask like has has the like have you guys closed because uh, this coronavirus you're still open? Uh, we're open just for to go food, so we laid off like more than half our staff. We're down to twenty five. Wow! And twelve of those are on the golf course, so it's really just me. All my office staffs working from home. Uh, me and my clubhouse manager, the chef, and there's two guys in the kitchen, and we got two servers to answer phone and run food. But the golf course is open. Uh, we are not allowing carts, walking only. It's been very busy. We've been seeing 100 people a day because they have nothing else to do. So it's been uh, kind of crazy. Wow. Yeah, that, that's cool that you get, you're still getting like a lot of business, the food from the members. That's really cool. Yeah, the first two weeks we were really surprised. We had over $10,000 in to-go food, which was wow. Wow. They've been popular. That's really cool. Really cool that the chef got creative to do all that stuff. That's really cool. All right. So, like, do a uh, deep dive from you guys, uh, how you got to where you are today for your club journeys, Um, like where you started, maybe if, like, maybe when you were a part of CMAA, um, and just like how you got to where you are today. Okay. uh, Yeah, I I got started actually, I was probably in the seventh grade caddy and had a a club and uh, worked there all through high school and college. I got the Evans Scholarship, which is a caddy scholarship to Ohio State. Took up hospitality management. I worked for Marriott Corporation for 40 years right out of college. With always with the understanding I want to get into the club business. I started with Marriott at Hilton Head, moved to Boston, and then to St. Louis, and then got my first club in St. Louis at Westboro Country Club, which was really exactly what I was looking for. And uh, I'm hoping that's what Kevin finds at West Bend. It was just a great opportunity to learn the club business from the ground up. I had a great uh, general manager who really helped me out. Uh, spent two years there and then uh, went back to Columbus, Ohio at Scioto Country Club, which was just a fantastic club, really learned a lot. The general manager actually was club manager of the year, and wow. he actually came down with cancer and passed away. That kind of became a, a 
crazy situation. The, the good thing about Sayuda, I did meet my wife there who was in the business. And uh, I took a job up in New Jersey at a at Green Acres Country Club. Spent uh, five years up there, which was really fantastic food and beverage knowledge with being with New York theme. And a lot. Of, it was a Jewish club, so we did a lot of bar mitzvahs and big-time weddings. Really high-end high club. That's when uh, my wife was working, actually, at Trenton Country Club. And uh, we had Kevin decided to move back to Columbus. So I got a job at uh, Worthington Hills Country Club as a clubhouse manager. Spent two years there. Became the first my first general manager's job in uh, Standard Country Club in Louisville. Uh, was a great opportunity. I built my whole team there. I hired everybody from the chef to the controller, my clubhouse manager. We hired a new assistant superintendent. We hired a new golf pro who became golf pro of the year the next year. So it was really a learning experience for me to go through all those positions and then uh, got recruited to go to Peoria Country Club in Peoria, Illinois, through Copland and Keebler, which uh, was a great opportunity. It was just a, really a little bit too far away from for family. I uh, was five years there, decided to go back closer to home to Terre Haute, and uh, was at Terre Haute for six, five years. Summit Hills came open. Uh, I'm actually from Cincinnati. Summit Hills is in northern Kentucky. My wife's sisters lived like 20 minutes away so it was just a great opportunity to finally come home after 23 years away to summit hills and it's been a great experience the first year uh just starting my second year actually may 1st been there about all, one year and it's been fantastic sounds like an insane journey wow <laughs> yeah lots of movement but <laughs> right, very, right. very exciting i got my into the club business through my dad obviously um, it was my first job after my sophomore year of high school. I moved down to Terre Haute. Literally about the second day I was there, I went to work with him as a busboy. And just from there, really just caught on with me loving the club industry, loving the membership, things like that. And I remember when I first got there, I was definitely the youngest staff member by about six years maybe, just because everyone was college-age students and I was the only high school student there but I really just wanted to work hard and just show them that even though my dad was the boss that I was still gonna be a great employee to them and to the rest of the team and just because of that hard work ethic and my passion for just working there at the clubs I decided to study hospitality at Indiana University and went to a couple internships so my first one was at Santa Fe New Mexico at the club at Las Campanas that was really a more in-depth operational internship of where I learned food and beverage, uh, wine service, expediting food, which I had never, never done, which was a great experience with the chef there. Um, and then my next summer at Baltimore, I went to Baltimore Country Club and took on a pool cafe supervisory internship. And then I chose that one just because I really wanted to work with the team and try to direct a team and be my own leader and develop my own leadership style and Baltimore Country Club gave me the opportunity and I really can't express how grateful I was for that opportunity just because they taught me so much hands-on that well, school couldn't do and it was very specific on what they wanted to do and their expectations were super high and it just allowed me to get a great opportunity uh, to work at West Bend Country Club as a clubhouse, as an assistant clubhouse manager, once everything passes, and I hope to take that experience, those experiences, to West Bend and build my own culture. Too. And actually, really interesting how like we first met. Really, Al, I was with Al in San Francisco, and I was going to like meetings with him, and I was about to choose uh, Santa Fe, and then uh, he um, connected us, and then I actually ended up choosing um, somewhere in Long Island, and so. Yeah. It's- 
Yeah, I know. It's pretty crazy. But you're also a, uh, you were the one-man wrecking crew at Indiana, right, for the CMAA? Yeah, I mean, we didn't have a, we don't have a student chapter like Ohio University or some of the other universities like Florida State, uh, places like that do. But like I said, I really got into CMAA through my father, and he took me to all the Valley chapter meetings uh, a couple years ago, and really there I really kind of fell in love with meeting all the general managers, learning all the educational things that my school couldn't provide just because we didn't have a club management class or club or anything like that so i really took that opportunity to kind of hit the ground running with cmaa and i was i'm very happy with cmaa's leadership and i'm trying to i don't know well i made him uh, when i was in the indianapolis district here i made him my uh student chapter liaison oh there you go <laughs> to his first ohio valley meeting when he was like one or two years old <laughs> wow and i remember but didn't bring kids, but he was so small, he just slept through the dinner. So he's club manager his whole life. Actually, I think he says his first job was with me in Terre Haute, but we had a name tag made for him when I was at, at Standard when I was my first GM job, and it had Kevin Behan assistant manager. <laughs> there you go, there you go. Uh, Gary, were you, were you in CMA when you were at Ohio State? I was not, actually. Uh, the I don't even know if they were – actually, the, the way I found out about CMA was – at the library at Ohio State, I was sitting in the library. Uh, Kevin doesn't know what the libraries are, but it's a place where you go to study. And uh, there was a book, actually, on club management. And uh, one of the, the guys that helped write it was uh, the assistant manager at Scioto Country Club. And I read that, and I had written the CMAA for information. And I had talked to the general manager at Scioto Country Club, who was very involved in it. And his advice was, you know, we're a big club, and you don't have a lot of experience. You should probably go with a big corporation, and that's why I went with Marriott uh, for my internships. And then I kind of kept in top contact with him, and that's how I ended back up at Scioto because he had actually called me to, to go up for an interview, and uh, one thing led to the other. But then, like I said, he had cancer and passed away, and it was kind of just a, a tough situation. But really, uh, he was one of my mentors, and actually my wife talks highly of him. She actually worked for him too, Don Hayes. And it was just a great experience working there. And uh, I got involved in CMA just through knowing that. And uh, my first job in uh, St. Louis at Westboro, I, I started going to the meetings, getting to know everybody, uh, a big golfer. So I loved looking forward to going and playing the different golf courses and uh, got involved right away from CMA and took all the BMIs. I got lucky. I don't want to say I'm one of the few, but I went to every single BMI I could go to that the club would pay for. Uh, there's some that they don't even have anymore. I went to two at the Culinary Institute that they no longer offer. And uh, it was always just a great experience of learning about the clubs. And I always look forward to the monthly meetings to learn and, and talk to other managers about how they were doing things. Very cool. Do, do you have your uh, CCM? I've got my CCM. I've got the uh, Honor Society. I've got my CCE. Um, I'm kind of working on the PGA. I'm not sure if I'm going to get my PGA or not. I passed the playability test. The master club manager is something that I might do down the road, but it's an awful lot of time. Yeah, uh, definitely. Still debating that one. <laughs> well, yeah, great. Um, so, uh, like, you, like you guys have said before, you've been a bunch of places uh, that you've worked. Do you guys have, like, a specific area where you enjoyed, maybe it was, like, living the most, either maybe it was because of your staff, membership, or just, like, the restaurants or people around the areas at all? Um, I personally, when I worked, when my dad worked at Louisville, that was kind of where I grew up. So I kind of grew fond of that area, just with friends and was closer to family. A bunch of different activities you could do, especially as a young child with all the sports teams, Louisville Cardinals. 
um, things like that. And I always say that's like my favorite place to go to when I, I'm at, when I am able to travel is go to Louisville, go back to my hometown, visit all my friends that were still there. Um, so I think that's neat. That was a neat city that we lived in. But when I did, when I through working uh, wise, um, as of now, I think Baltimore was kind of more of a cool one. But Santa Fe was definitely a cool one just because of the culture. It was a very different experience from anything I'd ever uh, experienced with, you know, southwestern Mexican culture. It was very unique, very localized, especially from if you consider the rest of the United States, rest of the country. Just getting that experience was amazing. Yeah, I'd say probably Louisville was the best for me, too. That was my first GM job, so I kind of feel like that holds a special place because I really felt like uh, it was my first opportunity. I really built a team together. Uh, and actually, the, the guy I hired as my golf pro is still there, and he's running the club, and he was just a great hire and keeping in touch with him. And I had an assistant manager who was, I'd say today, is, was the best assistant I ever had. Young kid, he was 19 years old when I got there. Hardest worker I've been around. And uh, just really loved that. And like Kevin said, we, we got to go to all the Louisville games, uh, basketball, baseball, the Louisville Bats. Uh, we were actually even in the Louisville Bats minor league baseball team program because we were there so much, I think. Oh, wow, wow. I think we got every everybody's autograph on the team. It was just a, a really a fun atmosphere to be around. And uh, so I, I'd say Louisville was probably my favorite too. Very cool. Kevin, how was the, uh, the Mexican food in Santa Fe? Did, did you get a chance to try any? goes that they're very particular about green chilies really sounds spicy but they really aren't they just give it like a little punch but they add it in everything they put it on cheeseburgers on burritos salsas things like that mac and cheese was another big one that they put it in so they're very fond of their green chilies i think it was like their national or their the state food there i grew to love it i remember when my parents went down there i tried to make them ha- uh, try some and I don't think they were too fond of it in that one. I think we had some green chili wine, even. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Very interesting. Is there, like, a, a food staple in Louisville at all? Like, that's, like, really popular? Uh, fried chicken, obviously. The hot brown. The hot brown, uh, which is kind of like an open-faced turkey bacon sandwich. Henry Bean sauce. So I want to move on to um, maybe some club stories that you guys may have. Um, like maybe it would be cool, funny, interesting stories that you've encountered maybe with staff, membership, maybe like an event went really wrong or something. I just had like a bunch of experiences. I'm just wondering if you guys had any over the years. One of my, one of my favorite stories to tell about Kevin working with me was one day he was driving a golf cart. And we won't, we won't talk about breaking the, late, the child labor laws because I think he started when he was 14 and started here <laughs> and everything else. He became a server on the fly because we got so busy on a Sunday night. He knew the computer from the snack bar, so we threw him out of the station. And then one thing led to the other, and he probably became our best server. But uh, the one day he was he was driving a golf cart down the road, and I was the, the, like the road leading into the club, and I was driving out, and I didn't think anybody was around, so I was trying to run him off the road with my car and his golf cart. <laughs> and the next day, I had a member say, "What the hell were you doing out there running that guy out the <laughs> golf cart?" I said, no, "Don't worry, that was my son." <laughs> But I didn't know anybody was watching. And um, another funny story is one day he was working at the snack bar, and he called up and he said he needed sodas. So I took some sodas down in a crate, like a Coke crate, yeah. and I stuck it through the window, and I said, here. And he emptied it, and he goes, here, take the crate back. And I said, no, just keep it down here. And he goes, no, take this. And he threw it out the window at me, and there was a lady standing there, and she goes, oh, my gosh, did he just throw that at you? <laughs> and I said, yeah, that's my 
my son. Don't worry about it. <laughs> Those are my two favorites to tell. Very cool. Oh my goodness. Um, well, my story doesn't involve my dad, but it involves my internship in New Mexico. Um, I remember one day, day before, it was raining super badly. Like, it was storming for two plus hours. And just to give you a brief kind of background, New Mexico doesn't have any grass. It is literally just dirt. And so when you have a big rainstorm, it kind of just makes mud and just everywhere. And the next day, I didn't have to work till later in the evening. And I got a uh, social media post from one of our cooks that I hung out with. And he, his backyard was flooded, but his cousin's house who lived next door had completely flooded with mud about two feet full of just mud water. And so I went over there unannounced and just helped him somewhat try to clean up as much as, as, much as I could with them, his family, um, our cook's best friend who was a server at the club as well. And we all just kind of teamed up and tried to make the situation a little bit better for them. And I remember I got made in the uh, Albuquerque newspaper, which was kind of cool, just for that situation. And it was def- it was a really bad rainstorm. I mean, it was like the worst rainstorm in about 500 years that they said on record. So wow. just imagine like the devastation that it caused with some of the with certain areas of the club and in the area. And I really enjoyed that experience just because it got me closer to them. And yeah, I mean. This is one of those experiences you will never forget, even outside of working at the club, I guess. Yeah, that's really cool. Thank you guys for sharing your stories. Appreciate it. So I'm going to move to my Would You Rather section that I have on the podcast, uh, Club Talk Edition. So basically, I'll give you two choices and just uh, give your give your decision and why. So I'll start with the, uh, the toughest one I have here for you guys. Uh, Ohio State Buckeyes or Michigan Wolverines? Ohio State. Ohio State. Good fucks. <laughs> oh, wait. I.O. I.O. Yeah, that's, I, I was actually, I didn't know that, Gary, that you went to Ohio State, but I was like looking on your LinkedIn and I was surprised just because I was, I was born and raised near Columbus, so um, that was pretty cool. Um, all right, Mexican or seafood? Seafood. Seafood? seafood? Also. Not a big, me- when I go to restaurants, I don't really choose Mexican restaurants all that often, so I'd rather choose seafood, I think. See, I, I have Mexican just because there's not, you can't really get too many uh, good seafood here in Ohio, really, I don't think. Around me, so um, I had. One thing about working in the club business, you get spoiled because you do get good fish. Yeah, nice, nice. Because I know uh, I had actually tried octopus for the first time last summer in New York, and I actually I was surprised. I actually like really loved it. It was really good. Um, So, um, just before I ask this question, you guys were both at the San Francisco and Nashville conferences, right? Yes. All right. So, San Francisco and Nashville. Which conference did you guys enjoy better? experience of it for the first time and i've never been to california so just kind of that whole experience was pretty cool and i've been to nashville before we went there for a family vacation so that's i think that's why i chose san francisco yeah i, I think i enjoyed nashville a bit more just because like the um san francisco and like this most dallas the most recent conference um they didn't really have too much stuff around the conference centers whereas like nashville you had like uh you know that one street with all the bars you had like all these oh, great yeah, and you had, you had all these great restaurants around it, too, so um, I'm going to go to Nashville on that one. Dallas, Fort Worth just didn't have anything around it. I know. I was like, <laughs> I mean, the, the venue was amazing, but, like, it's just like there was nothing around it. I was It just sort of popped out of nowhere. I was confused when I first got my Uber down there. All right, uh, then the last one I have is uh, formal or informal dining? Informal for me. I'd probably say informal as well, but it kind of just depends on what the event is because... 
you have like a certain event, like member guests or something, I would normally would choose informal dining, but I mean, it's also part of the club's culture. If they're a really big set, I mean, I worked at Baltimore Country Club, they made everyone wear suit and ties for every holiday that they offered. So it really is kind of the culture, kind of their legacy on what they want. But if you can change that, good for you. But sometimes things are just better left unchanged too. Right. So I know Gary sort of, it was like a, a double, I had I, one of my, the next question I had was how was the working dynamic at Terre Haute? Um, any cool stories there? But Gary, I know Gary told the two great ones already. Do you, do you guys have anything like, um, to say on that, like how like working together was or like any other stories you may remember? Uh, I, I enjoyed it. I, I, he's been a hard worker, so I mean, I hate to say it, but uh, he always made me look good because people like, <laughs> he's got a good work ethic. And, and like he said, I think he started when he, I think he was 15, 15 and uh, I mean, people couldn't believe that he was only 15 years old because he fit in with everybody. I know when my wife, his mom came down the scene, I think we had our employee party and he was just like one of the, the crew, and I said, you know, he's like five years younger than everybody else. <laughs> and, uh, it, you never noticed it. So it was a pleasure working with him. Yeah. I plan to cut grass wherever he gets his GM job when I retire. <laughs> I agree that's rough. No, I think working with my dad was, you know, a great opportunity and probably one I would never have thought of unless he moved down here or he kind of forced me onto it just because I would never think about working with my dad ever, especially in the clubs industry, which I wasn't thinking about to begin with. I was wanting to be a sports broadcaster uh, when I first went to college, so that was kind of my uh, pathway. Um, so, But really kind of once I got out of the sports industry, I was really focused on hospitality because that's what I knew through my dad and living with it, obviously, throughout my life with my dad working through all various clubs and my mom did too. It really just kind of hit home to where where my roots was and where I would definitely fit in the most. And like I said, I also didn't want to try to take advantage of the GM, you know, the, the boss kind of being my dad, because uh, I know that can usually cause, sometimes cause some tension between the employees and stuff. I just wanted to become, I just wanted to work and do my thing and be a part of the team that my dad and the other leadership team created there. And one other good story from Terra was, uh, oh, as I said, I used to caddy. <laughs> And uh, Kevin was caddying there also, and I said, we need to caddy together someday. So in the club championship, we had a younger member who had a, a son who was a good golfer. So Kevin caddied for his son, and I caddied for the, the dad in the, the club championship at Terre Haute. Oh, yeah. And, and we, I wore a big old jersey with the guy's name on the back, so I felt like I was at the Masters caddying with my son. <laughs> was, that was kind of fun. Which, uh, which golfer ended up doing better? I think the son. Oh, really? I started drinking <laughs> on like the third hole, and then... Uh, over with he was throwing his clubs oh man <laughs> after nine he said if you don't want to caddy for me on the back nine you don't have to i said no i'll finish it i started it <laughs> right right all right well yeah thank you for sharing another story really appreciate it so i know we we touched on it a little bit how you said that you had to lay off some of your workers uh, due to the coronavirus i've been what i've been doing is i've been sort of going to some of these webinars that cma offers and sort of listening from like the the experts and like how, to, how your club should um deal with this since I guess since Kevin's not really there yet, I guess um, Gary, do, like, are you listening from like certain people on how to like how you like how you went towards only for the food takeout or stuff like that, or like are you listening to certain people at all? Yeah, I mean the governor kind of made it, that decision for us, so they said basically all restaurant and any groups of ten or more couldn't gather. So we were kind of surprised that the golf course is still open. I think in uh, Illinois and Wisconsin they're closed, but so far we've been opening the golf course. 
food to go was kind of dictated by the, the governor. And now we're on a 30 till the end of the month, 30 day uh, lockdown on that. But uh, it's changed quite a bit because, I mean, hand sanitizer is hard to come by. Right, right. the toilet paper. Yeah, the toilet paper stuff's having a hard time just getting supplies. And Cisco said we might not have ground beef next week because everything's going to the supermarkets. So trying to write a menu and plan in the head. He was going to run meatloaf. And he said, well, I better not run meatloaf because I might not get ground beef. So it's been a challenge there. Uh, the beverage cart, we were told by the Alcohol Tobacco Bureau that a week ago we couldn't do it. And then all of a sudden on Friday they came out and said, well, okay, we are going to allow it. So we didn't have any beer in stock. So oh, no. I was a liquor store and go borrow some beer from him. And it's been uh, just crazy. I mean, we're trying to put our newsletter together for May and June, and we're not sure if we're going to do Mother's Day or not. So right now the plan is May 1st, everything back to normal. Uh, Talking with the board, we're shooting for Memorial Day, but we still got a plan. Are we going to do Mother's Day? If we are going to do Mother's Day, are they going to eat a buffet? Are we going to limit it to 100 people every couple hours? How are we going to set it up? Staffing, we laid everybody off, so we need like a week to get everybody back in there. I mean, there's just so many things up in the air. We're just like, I mean, I, I told my assistant, I said, I'd rather be open. I'm working harder now. <laughs> right. Going in, just trying to figure out what we're going to do. And I, I've been listening to all those webinars, too, and it's kind of like, well, it could be 18 months before it's back to normal. Right, so right. How are you going to keep staff? And big picture, we might be better than most places because I think we're going to reopen. But I think some of the smaller restaurants won't, so hopefully that will help me bring in more staff because – we're thinking, well, how are we going to stay at the snack bar? Are people going to hang out at the pool if it's still contagious? I mean, it's just so many unknowns. It's just it's crazy. Right, like you said, that we're in the unknown period, right? And it's it's still so early, too. Like, one of the hardest things I've been, all the sports are shut down, you know? Like, today would have been the um, national championship game for the March Madness tournament. Always look yeah, forward to that. They just, they just moved the Masters to November. Oh, they really? Just, they just canceled the British Open, and that was in July, so I'm thinking... They're canceling the British Open in July. You really think I'm going to be open in May? I doubt. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's just you just never know. So, all right. So, given your guys's track record uh, in the club industry so far, and uh, all your guys' experiences, you said, um, do you have any exp- uh, advice for people going to the club industry um, for their first internship, or say like uh, like Kevin, like you are going into your uh, your job right out of college? Yes. Yeah, so, I guess in terms of internships, since I've done a couple. Personally, I'd say just um, look for a company that's going to you know, give you those opportunities to learn and not be kind of an extension of their workforce. You know, I've seen some uh, internships with clubs and various companies in the hospitality industry, for that matter, just use them as labor, um, such as serving or things like that, which... You know, in some ways it's good, but if you're a junior or senior and about to get out of school, that doesn't necessarily help you because you haven't, you know, gotten those leadership skills to develop a team and lead a team and things like that, you know. And the other thing is just learning about the industry more so than uh, what you know currently. So I think that's one of the big keys. I try to tell students and maybe some people who are graduating either try to get their management internship and or a job down the road is just look for someone who's going to develop you because you're young, you know, you're, you're hungry and you're young and you want to learn, then that's going to be a great key for uh, future employers to want to hire you. Yeah, I, I kind of say the same thing as far as, you know, don't always look at the big name clubs 
because sometimes they might have so much going on that you just get thrown into an hourly position and you really, maybe for your freshman year, you might want to get some of that just to see if the club is what you're looking for. But uh, find someone that's going to actually work with you and, and kind of help you understand what it, what you're getting yourself into uh, because it, it is unique. Um, it's not like restaurants where, uh, I mean, it, you deal with the same people every day and uh, you really need to have that understanding of, hey, you're going to take care of these people. You're going to work holidays and weekends are our busy time when everybody else is out having a good time is when you're working. So you really need to have a good work ethic to go into the industry. Um, and it's a lot of long hours, but it's very uh, rewarding, I think. But really just look for that person that's going to mentor you. I think that's the new key word now is mentoring and, and finding someone that is going to open the books and show you here's what we do every day and really kind of take it from there. I always say it's to the, the students' benefit to learn as much as they can if there's hours where they say, hey, you know, I'm going to work you 50 hours, and I can't really pay you any more than that. If you're not doing anything that summer, just be out there talking to the superintendent, the golf pro, getting as much knowledge as you can from that club you're at because it's going to pay you back in the long run. So don't look short-term, think long-term of what you want to do and then get as much experience as you can. I would also say if you're looking at doing two or three internships, uh, I would look at different size clubs. I worked at small and large, and I definitely would never want to go back to a large club. 450 to 500 is ideal for me. Uh, just too many people to learn. But really just kind of use all those resources to your advantage. Uh, network with the people. I mean, that's a big thing. I wish I had done more of it when I was younger was networking. But really just get your name out there so people know what, what you're all about. Yeah, and just kind of add on to that, actually. Um when you said networking with people within your club, I would even explore outside of your club with different clubs, especially if you have a big city, like in Baltimore, there's various clubs around there outside of where I was working at, and you can get to know the management staff there, leadership team, you know, just explore their club, see what they do differently, maybe from your club or gather ideas, things like that. You know, it's a great network from CMA, especially with all the chapters and stuff. I know with COVID-19, my father's got a big, uh, I guess, discussion discussion board with all the general managers and stuff out there gathering ideas and stuff, gathering ideas, things like that. And, you know, it's a great time to network right now, talking with different people and just learning, 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 learning. I like the, the networking portion just because um, my, my AGM, how I got my internship last year at New York Athletic Club was through my former manager um, who recommended me to someone at conference. So, you know, without knowing that connection, I wouldn't have gotten my past internship. So, Gary, I'm interested, since you're a general manager now, what's one thing that you think that students should uh, maybe ask their maybe managers through the internship? Like, what's maybe like one thing you think that they should ask to do um, to help them like be a manager next year? Um, I, I think just spending the day walking with the manager, seeing what his role is, because a lot of times people say, I even have staff now say, well, what do you do all day? And each day is different, and I mean, it's just, it's eye-opening. I think if you'd walk around with me for a day and see the phone calls I have to make and the emails I have to respond to, uh, just the different staff questions that people come in my office and ask me, hey, what's going on? So, I mean, I think one thing that I always thought of when I was younger was, why would I want that guy's job? But then as you work as an assistant long enough, you're like, well, I can do that guy's job better. So <laughs> right. uh, I finally uh, took the chance, and, and I loved it. 
but uh, I mean, I think it's really just asking the questions of, you know, what what do you do on a daily basis so you fully understand, because uh, every day is different, and the members look at you as the GM, as the leader of the club, and and I it took me a while to get used to that because it was like I don't have all the answers, but they expect you to. So I mean, now it's like, yeah, we're working through this pandemic, and, and just a week and a half ago, the club president came to me and said, hey, you need to write a letter to the membership for what we're doing. And I kind of looked at him and said, I've never been through this. And I sat down, and two hours later, I had something going out to the members and said, here's our plan, <laughs> and we're going to make the best of it. And that, that plan changes every day now, so it's really, I'd say you got to be flexible and, and just understand what your role is. Yeah, and I, I like that you said, um, you know, there's something that you didn't know, even though you're the general manager, because uh, my former manager last year, he when he said he got promoted at the New York Athletic Club in Travers Island, there's uh there's a yacht club with the within the club and um on his first day he got uh he got a call from like the head um, manager at the yacht club uh and was uh, asking him about all these boat parts they had no idea what it was or anything about the boat and he was like yeah yeah i'll get back to you i, I know what that is and he just said like try and act confident since you're the leader is one thing that piece of advice he gave me when uh i left was just trying to be more confident and you are the leader, like you said, at the club. So, um, any more uh, pieces of advice, gentlemen, or you think that was it? I think so. I just say be confident in what you are going into. Um, even if you get a bad situation, like the internship that doesn't go as planned, just take your course. You'll never know what experience you may end up actually getting or use it for future references on what you might not want to in the future. So, All right. Well, thank you, gentlemen. We I appreciate it. And uh, very great words of advice. Thank you. All right, so that was actually the last question I had for you guys. Um, I always have this little um, thing at the end where it's like flip the script, where if you have any questions for me, you can ask me. But if not, you know, I really appreciate you guys taking time out of your day. Uh, I think I have a question. So I know you've been working at uh, New York for a couple of times with the Piping Rock Club and uh, New York Athletic Club in Connecticut this summer, um, hopefully. Right, uh, hopefully. <laughs> yeah, but um, after you graduate... Uh, yourself going to northeast or staying there or kind of exploring elsewhere um i think the main reason i chose connecticut was basically all my connections were in that area so they were able to help me like sort of uh handpick like the the right club for me but i was really close to picking um oklahoma city golf and country club so it, it really wasn't an like i guess it was because i have more connections in the northeast but um i'm really open to going anywhere it's just the past two summers I've been in New York and I really loved it more than Ohio. So um, really, I don't I don't really want to see myself maybe in the Midwest just because it's just somewhere, it's just an area where I'm trying to get out of really, but because um, I really like the Northeast a lot more. But if it came down to it, I mean, like I'm really open to going anywhere. It's just, uh, just happened to be that most of my connections happened to be in Connecticut and that it just was most of them knew James Rasik, who's the GM there. Um, and he he um, created the Yo Pros organization within CMEA, so that was one aspect I really wanted to learn from, because um, he's really into like trying to help out the the college students and the the students. So um, yeah. I guess I, I'm open to going anywhere, but it's just most of my connections are in the Northeast. Well, how how's it affected you as far as school goes? Are you going to be able to like finish this semester out? Yeah, so I actually what's crazy is I actually had five. Um, I'm taking seven total courses. And five of them were already online this semester. So, and then they canceled in-person classes the rest of the semester. So it's all online. Everybody's online. Um, and actually what Ohio University did and some universities are following suit is 
Um, if you have like a, since some people are having a struggle with this and the per, some of maybe like the older professors or even regular professors, they're having to do like Zoom classes and stuff where it's like through webcams and stuff. So um, you can actually, if you have a, a C minus to an A, you can request to have an S grade, um, which is a passing grade and it, it actually will not affect your GPA. That was an interesting, so say like, like for me, like I have a three, five GPA. So um, if I get a grade that's maybe like a B or a, um, or a high C or something, I can request an S grade. Um, it'll pass the class and they'll get the requirements done, but um, I'll still, it won't affect my GPA. So I think that was some, something interesting that Ohio University did. And I think other universities are doing that too. Uh, how did you get involved in the podcast? <laughs> so I saw that, uh, well, my I do another podcast too with my friends. It's, uh, it's a basketball podcast. I was really interested in sports and we were like, we talk about in our group chats all the time, you know, maybe we should just, uh, make it a podcast so other people can listen to us uh, discuss all these stupid uh, sports talks. But I really want to do club talk just because I know uh, Kyle Jennings does one for CMAA, but um, she really only uploads once a week for them. And it's usually maybe like, I think it's like Jeff Morgan a few times and other people, but I really wanted to get like a, aspects from, from like current students and like how managers would give advice to students. And, you know, if there's like first time students going into CMAA or internships you know we can uh they can listen to this podcast and see what it's like and get just learn from uh my guests so just really a great time i mean i've had a really good time with it and i really appreciate you guys coming on i thank you absolutely uh i have one i have another question all right no problem uh so i know you plan or the plan is for next year to be the president of your chapter kind of how do you see that going and do you see like any changes that you can implement to the Ohio University student chapter? Yeah, so hopefully I get it, but you know, no guarantees, right? So, but so what I wanted to do with local wineries, and uh, we have a actually a brewery that brews their own beer um, up here in Athens at the bars. And okay. uh, so I, the past two internships that I've done, we've had our uh, the Piping Rock Club and New York Athletic Club. They both had their own beer, and so I feel as if maybe like. Um, like the wineries could, we could go on a tour and they could tell us, uh, you know, maybe with the vendors or if, uh, just anything more about wine, because we have a beverage management class here, but it really doesn't go in depth about wine. It's probably about two weeks and it's really like a, just a skim of it. So I, we haven't really done that in the past. So I feel as if maybe, um, students may be interested with the wineries partnering with them, uh, but also with Jackie O's and the brewery and we're, we're worrying about like the, the liquor sales part of the operations at the clubs just because i know usually usually the the beverage side gets more revenue than the food so um maybe just learning from those uh local wineries and breweries uh was something that i wanted to do for the club but also um i have like a lot of connections already i've done i've been to three world conferences so far and hopefully my third internship so i have a lot of connections so hopefully um i can like have people either zoom in or facetime through like current general managers and stuff that can talk to our students and field questions and stuff like that. So, so those are some of the aspects I hopefully to bring to the club next year. Sounds like you got a good plan, a good starting plan with that. Right. <laughs> hopefully, right. No guarantees. So, any more questions from you, gentlemen, at all? I don't have any. All right. Well, thank you so much, guys. I really appreciate. It. I, I know we were trying to do this for a while, but um, thank you for finally getting it done. I appreciate it. Yeah, anytime. All right. Thanks. Thank you. Thank you so much. See you guys.